Section 16 of Stories from Le Mort d'Arthur and the Mabinogion, retold by Beatrice Clay. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 16 of the End of Sir Tristram. Then again, Sir Tristram abode at King Mark's court, ever rendering the fair Isle loyal and knightly service, for King Mark would imperil his life for none, no matter what the need. Now among the Cornish knights there was much jealousy of Sir Tristram de Lyon, and chief of his enemies was his own cousin, Sir Andred. With lying words, Sir Andred sought to stir up King Mark against his nephew, speaking evil of the Queen and Sir Tristram. Now Mark was afraid openly to accuse Sir Tristram, so he set Sir Andred to spy upon him. At last it befell one day that Sir Andred saw Sir Tristram coming alone and unarmed from the Queen's presence, and with twelve other knights he fell upon him and bound him. Then these felon knights bore Sir Tristram to a little chapel standing upon a great rock which jutted out into the sea. There they would have slain him, unarmed and bound. But Sir Tristram, perceiving their intent, put forth suddenly all his strength, breast his bonds, and wresting a sword from Sir Andred, cut him down, and so did he with six other knights. Then while the rest, being but cowards, gave back a little, he shut to and bolted the doors against him, and sprang from the window onto the sea-washed rocks below there he lay as one dead until his squire gouvernail coming in a little boat took up his master dressed his wounds and carried him to the coast of england so sir tristram was minded to remain in that country for a time then one day as he rode through the forest near camelot there came running to him a fair lady who cried sir tristram i claim your aid for the truest knight in all the world and that is none other than king arthur with a good heart, said Sir Tristram, but where may I find him? Follow me, said the lady, who was none other than the Lady of the Lake herself, and ever mindful of the welfare of the King Arthur. So he rode after her till he came to a castle, and in front of it he saw two knights who beset at once another knight, and when Sir Tristram came to the spot, the two had borne King Arthur to the ground, and were about to cut off his head then sir tristram called them to leave their traitor's work and look to themselves with the word one he pierced through with his spear and the other he cut down and setting king arthur again upon his horse he rode with him until they met with certain of arthur's knights but when king arthur would know his name tristan would give none but said only that he was a poor errant knight and so they parted but Arthur, when he was come back to Camelot, sent for Sir Lancelot and other of his knights, bidding them seek for such an one as was Sir Tristram, and bring him to the court. So they departed, each his own way, and searched for many days, but in vain. Then it chanced at last, as Sir Lancelot rode on his way, he espied Sir Tristram resting beside a tomb, and, as was the custom of knights errant, he called upon him to joust so the two ran together and each broke his spear then they sprang to the ground and fought with their swords and each thought that never had he encountered so stout or so skilled a knight so fiercely they fought that perforce at last they must rest then said sir lancelot 
fair knight i pray you tell me your name for never have i met so good a knight in truth said sir tristram i am loth to tell my name i marvel at that said sir lancelot for mine i will tell you freely i am lancelot du lac then was sir tristram filled at once with joy and with sorrow with joy that at last he had encountered the noblest knight of the round table with sorrow that he had done him such hurt and without more ado he revealed his name now sir lancelot who ever delighted in the fame of another had long desired to meet sir tristram de lyon and rejoicing to have found him he knelt right courteously and preferred him his sword as if he would yield to him but tristram would not have it so declaring that rather he should yield to sir lancelot so they embraced right heartily and when sir lancelot questioned him sir tristram acknowledged that it was he who had come to king arthur's aid together then they rode to camelot and there sir tristram was received with great honour by king arthur who made him knight of the round table Presently to Tristram at Camelot there came word that King Mark had driven the fair Isle from the court and compelled her to have her dwelling in a hut set apart for lepers. Then Sir Tristram was wroth indeed and mounting his horse rode forth that same hour and rested not till he had found a leper's hut, whence he bore the queen to the castle known as the Joyous Guard, and there he held her in safety and honor in spite of all that King Mark could do. And all men honored Sir Tristram and felt sorrow for the fair Isolde, while as for King Mark they scorned him even more than before but to sir tristram it was grieved to be an enmity with his uncle who had made him knight and at last he carved king arthur's aid to reconcile him to mark so then the king who loved sir tristram sent messengers to cornwall to mark bidding him come for with the camelot and when the cornish king was arrived arthur required him to set aside his enmity to tristram who had in all things been his loyal nephew and knight and King Marquis had full of hate, but fearful of offending his lord, King Arthur made fair proffers of friendship, begging Sir Tristram to return to Cornwall with him, and promising to hold him in love and honor. So they were reconciled, and when King Mark returned to Cornwall, thither Sir Tristram escorted the fair Isolde and himself about there, believing his uncle to mean truly and honorably by him but under a seeming fair exterior king mark hated sir tristram more than ever and waited only to have him at an advantage at length he contrived the opportunity he sought for he hid him in the queen's chamber at a time when he knew sir tristram would come there unarmed to harp to the fair eyes of the music that she loved so as sir tristram all unsuspecting bent over his harp mark leaped from his lurking-place and dealed him such a blow from behind that on the instant he fell dead at the feet of the fair isolde so perished the good knight sir tristram de lyon nor did the fair isolde long survive him for refusing all comfort she pinned away and died within a few days and was laid in a tomb beside that of her true knight but the felon king paid the price of his treachery with his life for sir lancelot himself avenged the death of his friend and the wrongs of the fair isolde 
End of section 16. Read by Anna Nomoska.